Hey, this is Ed Luther, pastor of City Church in Australia. I hope that today's podcast really inspires you. Thank you so much for listening. On a smartphone, there is something called enable. To enable Bluetooth, for instance. It's like, why isn't my phone playing through the car? You got to go on. You got to enable Bluetooth to sync with the car, and then you can run everything through the car speakers and through the sound system. And, and enablement is for, you know, caps lock and, and a whole lot of different things that, that can enable you to use your smartphone. God has an activation or an enablement for us. And that's not the E in G-R-A-C-E that I'm going to talk about. It's not enable, although that's a pretty good E. Uh, but the one we're going to talk about this morning is edification. Edification. That God wants to enable us for edification. He wants to enable your edifier. There's a great scripture, Romans 14, 19. We'll look at this. To edify means this. It means to construct, build up, or establish. So the title of this morning's message, which is the E in our vision, is Enable Your Edification. Don't let your edification be dormant. Enable it. Let God enable, it, enable that because grace wants to edify. To grace the nations means we're edifying people in all walks of life. Romans 14, 19 says this, Let us therefore make every effort, wow, <laughs> not just make, a, make an effort, come on, give it a try, give it a go, make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification, mutual building people up, constructing, taking people higher, imparting into them. In a world that's bent, hell-bent, I'll say, on pulling down and destroying and, and demeaning and all, all these nasty words, discouraging society is not really loaded up with edifiers. Have you noticed that? Very few people are, are going to go, wow, you go to church or you, you're a person of faith or whatever it is. You know, most people don't know how to edify. They're not, they're not out building people up. But how good it is, I say, how good it is when you meet somebody in your world, perhaps you know one or two, I don't know, maybe you got more, that builds you up, that, that edifies you. A rare commodity even in the body of Christ called the church. Very rare. Most people's favorite subject, you know what it is, it's me, myself, and I. But I like the scripture because it says, make every effort to do what leads to peace and to mutual edification, not just self-edification, not looking for somebody to build me up. The narrative's not about me only. It's mutual. It's about other people. So while the society's destroying lives, we're called to build lives up. We are called to heal, to restore. These are all great words for edification. To encourage. And God wants to enable you to edify. 
because there's a whole world of people that are out there looking for some kind of relief. The church, and we're it, tap, we're it. We're one of many. The church isn't called to attack people. We're not called to an argument. You would think we were if you look on social media. It's just full of Christians arguing. That's why I don't look at it. I can't. I get angry. I think, what are you doing? Seriously. We're not called to attack. We're, we're not called to make society our enemy. The people out there are not our enemy. We're called to edify. When somebody builds you up, they become incredibly attractive in your world. So almost everywhere we go, there's an opportunity. There's not a day that goes by that I don't encounter somebody that I can build up, whether that's a waiter or a waitress at a cafe, whether that's somebody doing some work, a handyman or a builder at our house or wherever, whether it's a delivery person, whether it's somebody down at the 7-Eleven where I go and get some fuel. There's, there's, there's opportunities everywhere, and everybody's a candidate. And church, of course, this space here is one of the most awesome spaces to be edified, to look to edify and build people up so when people come into a, 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 a worship service or they attend a church service, they should walk out feeling 10 feet tall. They walk in feeling small and maybe, you know, life's beat them up and all the rest of it. They come in here and they should walk out going, man, I'm so glad I came there. That, that was amazing. I felt built up. Not just by the preacher. Now, I hope today's message and every message will leave you feeling taller, stronger, more built up than when you came in. For sure, I do my part, I try. But what about the handshake? What about the how are you doing? What about going a little bit further and helping somebody if they have a problem? These are the things that that edify. People walk in feeling down. We want them to walk out feeling full of life, coming in discouraged and just feeling so much courage. Ephesians 1.19 says this, the Passion Translation, I pray that you will continually experience the immeasurable greatness of God's power. Not power to win an argument, to be nasty, to build, to pull people down. The greatness of God's power made available to you through faith. Then your lives will be an advertisement of this immense power as it works through you, this is the mighty power. We want to see a mountain move, literally cast into the sea. We want to see, where's the miracles? And all, you know, I'll, all for all of that, but sometimes the biggest miracle is encouraging somebody. Sometimes the biggest miracle isn't trying to remove a mountain. A mountain's called an edifice. Guess where that comes from? Edify. Sometimes we're not... We're not just trying to show off God's miraculous power and prove to somebody God's real by literally taking Mount Coulomb and throwing it into the sea. I think that would be catastrophic, quite frankly. The tidal wave and everything else would kill a lot of people. God's not into that. 
Maybe the edification, the edifice is you standing up being an advertisement for the love of God because you are one of the few, one of the very few people that encourages and builds people up when they come into your space or you enter their space. They walk out of there feeling so much bigger like a mountain because because God on the inside of you is a living advertisement for the power of God. How good is that? Everywhere. Everywhere Jesus went, he edified people. I know there's the Pharisees and the religious people that he had to, you know, sometimes say a few words to. But even that was a form of edification if they would, would receive it. But he's a walking breathing, living advertisement for edification. He sees they're all hungry, so what does he do? He just multiplies loaves and fishes and feeds a whole bunch of people and and, and then feeds them the Word of God so that they're built up. I think about the, the man at the pool of Bethesda. He can't walk, and it says there, there's five pillars. Five is the number of grace. I love that. And I've been to that pool. It's still there. They've excavated it and everything else at Bethesda and in the holy city of Jerusalem and uh, the old city. And, uh, you know, it's pretty, it's pretty amazing. These, these pools are more than one, and, and only parts of the pillars are there, but they're still there today. And he encounters this guy. Nobody can put me into the pool. And every time the angel stirs the water up, you know, I, I can't get in in time because the first person that gets in gets healed. And Jesus comes along. And immediately, this man is encouraged. He's edified to the point where he takes up his mat and he walks. Jesus comes into the space of a blind man named Bartimaeus. (laughs) He can't see. He's begging. Jesus, have mercy on me. You're going to get more of the mercy, pal. You're going to get your sight back. You're going to be edified beyond recognition. People aren't even going to recognize you. Peter, James, and John, they're at the the gate called Beautiful, such as we have. We don't, silver and gold, we don't have the guys begging. Get up, rise up, take up your mat. You are healed. They always lifting people up, always edifying people. Everywhere we go is an opportunity to do something Even if it doesn't look like a miracle to other people, it's a miracle to that person that's cast down, downtrodden, discouraged, maybe at their their wit's end. Everybody, everybody walks away better than before. In Luke 19, it's one of my favorite Jesus edifies accounts here. In Luke 19, start at verse 1. Jesus enters Jericho. Now, Jericho is a city, you know, uh, the first battle that they took. It's the first city that they took, the Israelites, when they crossed over the Jordan. They go into the Promised Land. And, you know, the walls of Jericho come tumbling down. And then there's a prophecy given that uh, there's a curse on whoever rebuilds that city. And and, um, Jericho's in a a low uh, place. Jerusalem's up. higher altitude. You have to go down to get down to to Jericho. You might remember that the Good Samaritan account was from Jerusalem to Jericho. They traveled down toward that place, toward the, uh, the Dead Sea. And Jesus enters Jericho and was passing through. How many times in your life are you just passing through? I just happened to pass through 
and get some, get some fuel at the 7-Eleven. I just happen to be passing through Calls or Woolworths. I just happen to be passing through wherever. And there happens to be some people there. He enters Jericho, is passing through, and a man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector. In other words, he was the supervisor of all the tax collectors. Pretty prominent position. He holds life and death, financial health of so many people in his hands. And, and people hated tax collectors. He was hated by even more because he's the chief tax collector. And this little throwaway here, and he was wealthy. Now you would think that his wealth would have lifted him up. He wouldn't need edification because his money is going to edify him all that he needs. Wrong. We all know money's a great tool, but it's not really something that's going to build you up and sustain uh, your um, edification. So the man was there, and he wanted to see Jesus, who Jesus was, verse 3. Now, Jesus had been doing miracles uh, as he was passing through. He, uh, he healed some people. Crowds are thronging Jesus. There's an entourage going out in front of him as he's going through Jericho. He's moving through, uh, the commentators say, thousands of people. So he wants to see Jesus, and because he was short, I kind of think of like Danny DeVito here, it's in my mind. He was short, he could not see over the crowd. See, there's somebody in your world that can't see over the crowd. There's somebody in your world that's so consumed with, with, with what they, the crowd, have said about them. Maybe, you, maybe it's you sitting here right now, I don't know. There's somebody in your world, there's a consensus in your world of voices, opinions, called call the crowd. And you might not be short in stature physically, you might be tall, I don't know, but you just can't see you know, over the crowd, the consensus about you, the opinions that have been cast about you. Perhaps your track record, maybe like mine, hasn't been all that crash hot over your life. I was talking with somebody before the service about the messes and things that happen in life, and I said, yep, you know, I've, I've had my messes, we all have. There's none of us that haven't caused a mess somewhere in life. Even if it was just born and somebody had changed your nappies. You've, you've messed up and somewhere in life. And so this guy, he can't see over the crowd. And so he ran ahead and he climbed a sycamore tree. There's a song there that we learned in Sunday school about Zacchaeus. And so he reaches the spot and he looked up. He looked up. Part of what we do here at church is to get people to look up. Because people walk this way most of the time. In fact, this way, actually. <laughs> you know, yeah. looking down. And what are you looking for on that phone of yours that you've enabled all these things? What are you looking for? A lot of people are just looking for somebody that says something nice or likes their post or something. I don't know, likes their picture Likes, how many likes, like, like, somebody like me, somebody please just like me. Give me some affirmation so I can feel built up. And looking down through life, here's a guy that's short, close to the ground as it is, and, and, and he's, he's down, he's got all the money, but the, he can't see over the crowd. 
He came down at once and welcomed Jesus gladly. Well, Jesus looked up and said, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. I, I love, I'm going to call him Zach. Uh, there is a Zach here. That's great. <laughs> uh, I love the fact that Jesus didn't come to Zacchaeus and go, hey, man, I want you to go to church. Uh, uh, you know, come and see me at the temple. Uh, I'm going to open up the scrolls and preach an amazing message. It's going to blow you away, man, just so you know. Uh, I'm going to hit the E in grace today, so come, come along for that one. Take notes. It's going to be, it's going to, it's going to blow up on social media, everything else. It's going to be amazing. I like the fact that Jesus didn't try to get him to a worship service. Not that that's wrong. There's a time and a place for that. But he says, I want to go to your house. I love that. I, I, I love, and I have done this before, I've invited myself to people's houses especially if I know they're a good cook. <laughs> Look, I'm a foodie. My weak spot, seriously, it's, it's food. <laughs> so I've invited, maybe some of you guys here, you know, I invited my, I, I'm not waiting for an invite from you. If you don't invite me and I know you're a good cook and you got some, I'm, I'm, when am I coming out? When, when are we coming? Uh, I love that. Jesus just goes, I must stay at your house today, Zach. I'm trying to get, drag you into my house. I ought to come into your world. I, I was reached by people at a hotel in San Diego. I'm not going to give my whole testimony, but, you know, a lonely young guy moved to San Diego from Michigan, and I didn't know anybody. I'm trying to turn over a new leaf and get off of, you know, party and all the rest of it. And it was hospitality. It was, it was Mrs. Peterson, the manager of the hotel, invited me into her room. They only basically lived in a small little manager's room, her and her husband, Theo, which means God, uh, invited me in to play Othello and Uno and eat. And, and before I ever got an invite to church, to the house of God, I got an invite into, into her house. And that's how I got one over uh, I went to church, but first I went to her house. And um, he says, I must go to your house today. Come down at once. He welcomed him gladly. Verse 7. And the people saw this, they always do, and began to mutter, he has gone to be the guest of a sinner. How awful is that? <laughs> you would go and be the guest of a sinner. But I love this, but Zacchaeus stood up. He stood up. What, what causes him to stand up? It's edification by the master. He believes in me. He's not too pious to come to my place, even though I am a sinner. He, 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 his words encourage, his, his words have lifted me up off the ground, from looking down to looking up. He, he's changed his posture now, and, and he comes down at once, and, and, and he stands up, and he says, Look, Lord, watch this. Here and now I give half of my possessions to the poor. That's a lot. Like, that's more than a tithe. He just, half 
half of everything I got. He was a wealthy man. That would have represented a lot of money. That's a transformation. That's what edification has done in this man's life. And if I've cheated anybody, and he probably has, if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. We're talking now, he's given away half of his wealth and whatever's left over, he's going to, like four times he's going to reward these people payback if he's cheated them, which undoubtedly he has. And Jesus says to him today, salvation has come to this house because this man too is a son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and save the lost. That's our mission, seek and save. Seek them out, save them, encourage, bring something, bring life. So how do you enable edification? Again, if edification was on your iPhone as, a, as an option or your smartphone, how, how are you going to enable it as much as you do Bluetooth or anything else? To enable your edification, I'm just going to give you six things, and uh, we'll fly through these. But number one, enable your mind. You have to keep your head above the crowd. You have to keep your head above consensus, people's opinions about you and other people, I might add. Because so many times people cast a, an opinion about somebody, we just buy into it without even knowing the person. We do that with politicians and actors, people we've never met. It's like, have you ever met the man? Have you ever met the woman? Well, no. Well, how, how could you say such mean things about somebody that you don't even know? You're, you're listening to an opinion that somebody else has. The crowd is cast an opinion. You, you bought into it. You have to enable your mind above the crowd. To have an edification mindset, you have to use your head. Now, the Bible says we have the mind of Christ. So pretty clear as I read my Bible what the mind of Christ is. What's on his mind? It's, I, I've came to seek and save that which is lost, not to stone and kill, not to reject them. Seek and save, edify them. He wants to lift people up. So you have what it takes because you have the mind of Christ. Let the Holy Spirit fill your mind and come up with some strategies to edify people in your world. Make your mind up. <laughs> you got that? Set your mind on things above, not on things below. Get the person that you're in your world that you've encountered. Again, you, you might think, well, that was just a chance encounter with somebody. It doesn't mean anything. Make up your mind that it does mean something and it's an opportunity. No such thing as just, oh, a chance encounter that's meaningless unless you make it meaningless. So when I, when I encounter somebody, again, it could be someone just serving a cup of coffee or filling up the car or at the cash register. Often, you know, people will say, how are you doing? I go, man, I'm, I'm going, how are you doing? How long have you been doing this for? And I'm not being fake and phony. It's genuine. When I'm talking to somebody, if, if, I, if I say, hey, man, tell me about your tats, you, you know, tattoos or your nails or whatever it is, I really want to know what's the story behind that, that eagle, vulture, dragon tattoo that you sport in there. What's the story behind that? That's interesting. The, the letters in Latin or Roman numerals, what does that mean? <laughs> like, I want to know. There's always a story. And, you know, people will light up over that. 
they'll, they're like, well, you know, I lost my dog. And my dog's uh, Latin name is, you know, whatever <laughs> philosophic is. <laughs> That's the tattoo. Wow, so sorry you lost your dog. And I really am, because we lost our, our dog. <laughs> our dog died. It's buried in the backyard. There's a gardenia that's not been watered very well. That's above little Enzo. Uh, yeah, it hurts to lo lose a puppy. It hurts to lose a loved one. It hurts to lose a job. And when you encounter somebody, they may not have lost a loved one or a dog or their job, but you know, there's, a, there's something there where, where somebody's just saying, would somebody come into my space to encourage me? Look no further. I can't just go, I go to church. <laughs> Good. Good for you. <laughs> well, that and $10 nowadays will get you a cup of coffee. Used to be that and $1, but it's gone up. Everybody knows about inflation. Make up your mind. Make your mind up. Jesus made up his mind to go to Jericho because there was a man in Jericho that needed lifting up named Zacchaeus. He's got plenty of money, but Jesus isn't after his money. He's after his heart. And he wants to take this little guy that's downtrodden, that's really looking for Jesus, and lift him up. The tree can't hold him. Money can't hold him. Only Jesus can hold you when everything else fails. The crowd's not going to hold you. It's only going to be God. Number two, I started with this message. I call it the anatomy of an enabler or the anatomy of edification, but kind of change it, but you can go with that if you want. Number two, enable your sight. What do you see when you see someone? Jesus saw the guy apart from the crowd. Again, the people you work with are not your enemy. They might be nasty. Some, some of them are. I've worked with some really nasty people, I might add, in offices and on work sites. It's, it's hard. But what do you see? Are you just going to see what the crowd sees about that person? They're just grumpy, negative all the time, you know, after your job or whatever. Or are you going to see what God sees? Opportunity to edify. What do you see at the 7-Eleven? What, what do you see at church before and after the service? What do you see when you encounter somebody that's of another religion? They got a turban on, or they got something else on, or their head shot. I don't know. Well, what do you see? An enemy? <laughs> or maybe somebody that you can encourage and edify? We need to say like the guy in Mark 8, he saw men like trees after Jesus prayed for his eyes, and Jesus had to touch him again. We need to say, Lord, touch me again. Touch me again. Enable my eyes to see people and focus my eyes to build people up. Number three, enable your hearing. Let God enable your hearing. What are you listening to? <laughs> Who are you listening to? And some of us, don't listen at all. We're too busy talking. God gave us two ears, one mouth. Shouldn't that tell us something about the ratio between talking, preaching at people or listening to people? I think that's a big clue that God wants us to do one thing more than the other thing. 
How does that translate? Learn the person's name. I'm not that good at names, but I can get there. And, I, and I'm humble enough to say, look, I just forgot your name, but um, tell me again. I'm, I'm working on it. Listen for their likes. What do they like? You know, some of this, honestly, it's, it, I would wish it was common sense, but it just isn't. But for us to edify people, we have to, we have to turn on enable in our, in our mind, in our sight, and enable our ears to hear what's a person's taste? What kind of music do you listen to? And I ask that a lot. What's, what's your favorite music? And, and why am I doing that? What's your dream, your aspirations? What do you like watching? What kind of books do you read? Tell me about your children, if you have children. I have won that many people by resourcing them with podcasts and books. In fact, uh, I gave a guy a book written by Amy, used to be Shadle, who used to go here, and she's in Italy. Um, she went through a really hard time. She's just released a book about her trials. Her book doesn't mention God once. Now, I think her sequel will, but her book is just the journals of a downtrodden, discouraged young woman who lost her dad, who was my youth pastor. And watching her go through that trial and just praying, that's about all I could do. And watching her get married, her husband get saved. She uh, messaged me um, last night and said, hey, I'm leading worship at our church in, in Venice this weekend. I thought, man, Amy, wow. So I gave, I bought her book and I gave it to this guy who's a builder. And I said, I think you'll connect with this. He came back and I filmed it actually to send to Amy just on my iPhone. Blubbering mess, tears. He said, I, this, this book, it's everything that I've been through. Nobody could have put it better than this woman. This is amazing. He's just crying, seriously sobbing. And, and I was able to build him up to a certain measure because we're on a journey together. I'm not trying to get something out of the guy. I'm trying to give something into him. He, he just went up because of what, what, what I resourced him with because a young woman that used to go here that went through incredible hardship and heartache and trials took the time to write about that and, and publish that. And I encourage you to get it, seriously. And, and, and not even to talk about God, but just to segue into somebody's life so that in effect, I'm going to your house today. I'm going to go into your world today. I'm not trying to get you down here. I'm going to go where you're at and I'm going to acknowledge where you're at, the pain and everything else. And I'm going to look for at least one way you are an opportunity for me to build you up because that's what Jesus in my life means. Now, that man is on a journey and I'm on that journey with him. But I have, to, I have to know what his needs, his desires, what to pray for, what he's going through. I have to listen. Listen. I just want to say to some people, Christians I might add, shut up. I can't put it any, any more frank. Just zip it. 
listen. <laughs> Maybe ask a question or two, but then intently listen for the answer, not intently listen because you've got a reply. Number four, number four, enable your mouth. Listen to your words. You're not called to enter arguments. You're called to encourage. Why would, why would somebody move toward Jesus when your mouth is pushing them away? I look at, you know, I did this before, but some of the street preachers just mean-spirited, quite frankly, pushing people away. The devil couldn't do a better job. Whereas, whereas I think encouraging somebody, not preaching at people all the time, there's a place for, for street preaching. I'm not saying that. You've got to have the right spirit when you're doing it. can't be mean-spirit yelling at everybody, bragging about it, gossip. You know, gossips never win anybody to Christ. I always know the latest person that fell or whatever. Well, that's good. You know, you're in the know. You're never going to be known by God as somebody of faith. Trash talking. It's the goodness of God leads people to repentance. So if grace had a voice and grace has a voice and grace has a vocabulary, it would be edification to build up, to strengthen people. Words that bring faith. And the ultimate word of Edification from God is when you open your voice and you line up your words with his word. Ephesians 4.29. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths. But only, listen, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Well, I got my needs. I want them to hear my story. According to their needs, that it may benefit those who listen. That's edification. Grace has something to say. You should always have something to say. Your mouth has incredible power. The power of life and death is in your mouth. It's in your tongue. That's why 1 Corinthians 14, and listen to this, pursue love and desire spiritual gifts. That's why we're doing this. <laughs> A spiritual gifts assessment and desire spiritual gifts, but especially that you may prophesy. Oh, but I'm not a prophet. I can't tell the future. This is not foretelling. It's foretelling. It's in the now. It's not telling the future. It's speaking out what God places in your heart. He who prophesies, listen to what you do when you prophesy, when you speak out the word of God in, into somebody's life with a purpose of edification. He who he or she who prophesies speaks edification, whoa, and exhortation and comfort to men. Speak up, prophesy to their world, exhort, edify, comfort somebody. We're flying now. Number five, enable your hands. Ha ha, I don't enable my hands. Lend a hand when somebody needs something to move a fridge or to, like Brownie had one time, you know, uh, moving a, a pile of rocks or something. The guy said, oh, what can I tell you about, you know, the gospel or Jesus? Or whatever? Yeah, stop, park, get a shovel, help us move this thing. We'll listen to you. Well, don't have time for that. Lend a hand. Lay your hands on somebody. Encourage them. And number six, fi final thing, final thing we need to enable is our feet. So where's your feet taking you? Where are your feet taking you? Will you go anywhere to reach anyone? That's one of our values. How about go anywhere to encourage? 
anyone. I've bombed that target, but next door, cafes, anywhere is anywhere, everywhere. Everyone you meet is your opportunity for edification. Zacchaeus, the woman caught in adultery, he gets down at her level, writes in the dirt. She gets lifted up. All you guys that never sinned, throw the first stone. They all dropped their stones and walked away. They had nothing to say. If you're without sin, go ahead, throw the first stone. They all had sin and they all knew it and they're talking to somebody that knows it. So every one of us has an opportunity, multiple opportunities to grace nations, to edify, to take the good news gospel, to raise people up, to get the ability of God to form community and to edify people in our world. We're all called to grace the nations. Amen. That's the vision of City Church. Thank you for listening all the way to the end on all five of those letters. I'm so excited. So why don't we stand and we're going to pray. I'd like the worship team to come up. We're just about out of time. But I want to pray and I want to give you a chance. You may be here. You've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart. God is so for you. Like seriously for you. God, God honestly is, there's nothing in him that's against you. But he doesn't force himself on anybody. It's by your free will that you'll say yes to him. Oh, but I've got so many questions and I've got so many faults and things I'm working through. Maybe after I get it all together, you'll never get it all together and you'll never get all your questions answered either. So why not get on the journey if you're here? Maybe you've drifted away like, like Amy, our beautiful woman that you know was in our youth group. Maybe you've drifted away from God, but God's tugging on your heart to come home. Come home to him. He, he's looking to build some people up here. I just sense that. And to edify. And then secondly, for you to be an instrument of edification. So let's just pray. And whether you're watching online as well, you're invited into this prayer. And let's pray together. Say, dear God, I thank you for sending Jesus to reach me. Jesus, I give you my life. Amen. Thank you for listening to the City Church Podcast. If you enjoyed this message or God worked through you in any way, then please take a moment to contact us through our website at city-church.net. Or email us your feedback at info at city-church.net.